0: Hey there, it's your girl, Andrea Griffin-Rogers. Don't you think it's high time to wake up to some healing? To be revived from brokenness to wholeness and from pieces to peace? Well, I do. So come and join me at the Can I Get a Favorite Podcast. Enjoy it. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Let's check in with you today. How's your heart doing? How is that little girl or boy inside of you? Have you checked in with him or her lately? Let's do so now. So, can I get a favor? Can you welcome destruction, please? I know it may not sound correct or or um, it sounds pretty weird to say, can you welcome destruction? But I'm telling you that there's a blessing in the destruction process. You know, the church likes to call this process the pruning season. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of shake it up and change it a little bit to give you a different perspective. God blessed my life through the messiness of destruction. By embracing the demolition process, God gave me purpose. Now, people may not have liked me during that season, what I like to call my Joe Goldenness season, and I'll share a little bit about him and why I call it that a little later. And they probably won't like you either if you choose to embrace this demolishing process. But I promise you that if you allow God to destroy or prune some things in your life, it will birth purpose, peace that surpasses all understanding, joy and love and produce more fruit and blessings than you have room to receive. So will you walk with me today as we discuss and dive deeper into this concept of welcoming destruction for Jesus and for a better you? Let's pray. Spirits of the Living God, we come to you right now and we just want to say thank you for opening our hearts and our minds to receive the changes you want to make in us. Lord, do a new thing in us and let it produce fruit. Pour out a blessing that we won't have room to receive it, that it will pour and overflow so that we can bless others. Thank you, Father, for allowing us this moment an opportunity to just sit with you, Jesus, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. God, we love you, and we thank you for making us who we are. Continue to do a new thing in us, Jesus. Prune us and make us into who you have always created us to be. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to do something different today on this Monday afternoon, or I like to call Dove Day. I want you to take a minute, just stop. Stop what you're doing and let's have a moment to just meditate and breathe. Deep breath in and exhale out. Let's do that again. Take another deep breath in and exhale out. As you continue doing this, I want you to think about some things as you watch and monitor your breathing. As you inhale, inhale vitality and exhale old and useless thinking. Inhale peace and exhale stress. Inhale love and exhale hate. Inhale courage and exhale fear. Inhale faith and exhale worry. Inhale love and exhale gratitude. I just want you to take a moment to just breathe. Now, how does that feel? Doesn't that just feel so much better that you've had that moment to just sit, be still, and breathe? As you sit in this moment, don't rush from it. Just allow it to saturate your entire body. And as you do so, allow me to share with you a story about John. John was lost one day in Italy. He was in Rome for work. And since he would be getting from a church via bus or train, he thought he wouldn't need assistance. What a fool he was. After a while, strangers were even offering to help John, but he declined their offer. What an idiot, he thought to himself. He knew he needed help, but he wouldn't ask for it. He was too prideful. Two hours had passed. After he was supposed to arrive at his appointment. So his host sent out a search party looking for him. Trying to see if he needed help or assistance. When they arrived at the bus station and found him about to aboard a bus that would have taken him in the wrong direction. Do you know John even argued with them for a moment. Saying how he knew where he was going. He had it under control. He ain't need their help because nobody else gets help, so he didn't need their help. He was going to figure it out on himself. <sighs> my, 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 how much time John would have saved had he just opened his mouth and asked for help? And even when help was offered to him, how much time he would have saved had he just welcomed that help? The moral of this story, Sometimes it takes a lot longer to learn a lesson. God has not designed us to live in disharmony or chaos or to live apart from each other, but he designed us to live in unity, in community, to help each other, to work together, loving each other and serving each other's needs, helping each other along the way. Do you know that independence can be your downfall? Don't make the same mistake as John. Invite help in. Embrace help. Allow help to take its course. I want to talk about kitchen and home remodeling. Now, you're probably like, what does one thing have to do with another? Well, if you'll bear with me, I'll explain. Anyone that owns a home has ever gotten their kitchen done or any part of their home remodeled, you know that it's a process. And in that process, one of the first things is to rip it all up, to demolish the whole thing or the whole room and take out everything that's old and replace it with something new. Now, that may be a painful process for some people. You may not like that process. It may be taxing and daunting. As far as time, because you want the new kitchen right away. But the contractor or the interior designer may tell you that your kitchen remodel may take some weeks or maybe even months. This puts a damper into your parade because you didn't think it would take that long. However, in the end, when it's all said and done and your home or your kitchen has been completely remodeled, you are in awe. You're so happy at the finished product. You embraced the change and are so glad that you took the risk needed to allow the demolishing of the old to usher in the new. The same goes for our lives. God wants to do something new in our lives. But in order to receive that new thing, we have to allow the destruction process, the demolition crew to come in and to shake up, ship out, and rearrange things in order to get us that new, best, more improved model of ourselves and our hearts that we so desire. I'll share a little with you about my own personal story. Just to quick summarize it, because it's a lot to take in, but I'm going to start in 2013. During that year, I had already moved to New York and I thought, sky's the limit, you know that, that song by Alicia Keys in New York, with dreams are made of, and the bright lights inspire me, and so I thought the skies are the limit, I was going to shoot up like a rocket, and everything was going to be great. Well, it wasn't, because that year, everything that could go wrong, did go wrong. Not only with where I lived, and my whole roommate situation, but even in my family, Things just were being shaken up. And I could not control the storm that was coming. I didn't even welcome in, or I so I thought I didn't welcome in, the demolition process. I say so I thought because I was praying to God to do a new thing in my life. But what I did not realize was that that new thing was going to require me letting go of some old. And so unfortunately, it started with not only the move and the things that happened in the move, but people had to die in my life. Not only some friendships had to end, but also people actually died. That year in 2013 alone, in a matter of months, I lost my great aunt and I lost my grandfather. And these were two instrumental people in my life. So losing them was so devastating. I also knew For years, that when my grandparents, either one of them passed away, the other would soon follow. And so since my grandfather had now died right before Christmas in 2013, I knew that there wouldn't be long before my grandmother would soon pass away. And sure enough, just a few short months later, in 2014, in August, my grandmother died. And that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. I could not take any more. I was so distraught with grief and, and frustration and disappointment and just all the emotions that came from such a devastating blow. If that wasn't enough to just solidify my Joe wilderness season, there came more things. There came financial trouble because I had to pay for my grandmother's funeral and all of her estate charges and taxes and fees and lawyer costs. I had to pay, because I was the executor of her estate. I had to pay for things with her home. There were final costs and bills that just just mounted up, not to mention the own bills and and rent and everything that I had to pay for myself. It just felt like too much, like I can't take any more. Or so I thought, because more came right along with it, because then came family members suing me and turning their backs on me and lying about me. Then there came friends that started to pull back from me because I was grieving and they didn't like to stick by me in that bad season. So they turned on me and they withdrew from me. And so I even dealt with a small bout of homelessness. And so it was just a lot so much, so fast, in the course of a year and a half, my whole world got turned upside down. While going through that, I still was grieving. How can I deal with my broken heart? And my whole world is breaking. I mean, it was just so much. It felt like too much. I know I asked you God, for a new thing, but I had no idea this new thing would come with so much demolition and destruction. My God, was it ever going to end is what I thought. I'm going to pause here for a moment and share with you this scripture. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work From beginning to end. And that was me. Even though God was trying to do the new thing in me that I wanted, even though God was trying to show me that there was beauty on the other side of ashes, because I did not know, like God does, the beginning from the end, it just looked like chaos. It just looked like a demolition project that was never going to be rebuilt. How was rubble and ashes? going to bring forth a beautiful building, a beautiful kitchen, a beautiful home that would be in my heart. I had no idea because it did not look like what it was going to eventually be. And so this brings me up to the man, Job. Job in the Bible that I spoke about before, as I said, I was going in through my own job wilderness season. This was a man who was righteous in God's eyes. Yet and still, he did not keep Job from a season of testing. Do you know that God even offered Job up to be tested by the enemy? Yes, go read Job's story. From the very first chapter, you'll see that there's a discussion between God and Satan. And God asks Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And so he then allows Satan to test Job. Why, you may ask? Because God knew that this testing was not going to defeat Job, but that it was going to not only bring God glory and honor, but bring Job out better than ever. Satan didn't know that. So, of course, he was very eager to go and test Job, to go and destroy Job's life. And God said this promise, you can do all of that, but you cannot take his life. The promise was that God was going to spare Job's life. He wasn't going to die in the destruction, demolishing, testing season. Or what the church called the pruning season. It was crushing. But it was to produce a beautiful aroma of wine and fragrance in Job's life that he never had before. And so the enemy went ahead and embraced that that test, if you will. That call, if you will. To go and test Job. And he threw everything he could at Job. I mean, Job's children were killed. Job's flock, which, which nowadays would be his money, was completely destroyed. His livelihood was taken away from him. So there was no more job, no more income, no more savings account, no more nothing. Everything that could be taken was taken. It was either taken, it was either burned up, or taken by thieves. If that wasn't enough, Then Job went through leprosy, which is a very serious skin condition of blisters and sores. Job was in agonizing pain with his health. And yet, Job never dishonored God. He continued to praise God because he knew that goodness didn't just come from God. Should we not expect bad as well? But whether it's good or bad, God is still good. And God will still bring me through this. Now, even Job's own family, his wife, because his kids were gone, but he still had a wife, told him to curse God and die. I mean, can you imagine? You're already grieving the loss of your children. You're grieving the loss of your livelihood. You're grieving the loss of your money because now you're bankrupt. And you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Then you also get hit with sickness and debilitating disease. And then to add insult to injury, your wife, who should be your supporter, is telling you to just die. Shouldn't even want to be bothered with you and you stink. I mean, my God, he was being crushed on all sides. Yet Job never turned his back on his faith. He never stopped believing that God was going to provide a way then came his friends his friends even turned on him calling him all sorts of names in the book they even said how he deserved what he was going through because clearly Job must not have been as righteous as they thought he must have been a bad person for all this bad to happen to him but Job knew there was something in him that said this is a test it doesn't negate that I am a good person because this bad thing happened to me God must have a reason for this testing now but pause for a minute that doesn't mean that Joel didn't have moments where he questioned God throughout the process where it got a little tough and rough and he was like God you're still there because it's getting a little rough out here but he still never turned his back on his faith and God welcomed his questions And Job prayed. And so fast forward to the end of the book. Job got a double portion blessing poured out from heaven, poured out from God for his faithfulness during the testing, the demolishing, the destruction process. He got more children, more money, more career opportunities. Him and his wife made up and were better than ever clearly to to be able to have more kids (laughs) He, he got more friends I mean he had more wealth than he started with more blessings that he couldn't even imagine having before the demolishing process but he got it because he remained faithful during the destruction he welcomed destruction And so three points I want you to take away from this. Number one, you got to change your focus and gain a clearer view. In order to have a clear vision for your life, you have to remove the gunk that's blocking your view. This is why the demolishing or pruning process is so important. It tears away and rips out all the old layers in order to make possible the new ones that God has always intended for your life. In order to get that beautiful new version of you, to get that beautiful new home in your heart, there are some things that have to be ripped apart. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. You may not like it. It may stink. You may feel like this doesn't make sense. But I promise you, just like any person who's ever went through a home remodeling will tell you, that once you allow that remodeling to happen, once you allow your kitchen to be ripped apart, you're left with a better kitchen once the work is finished. No matter how long it takes or the amount of effort or energy that needs to be put into it, if you just stay the course, welcome destruction and allow the process, you'll see the better that comes on the other side. You gotta change your lens, baby, in order to see the picture more clearly. Number two, open the windows. In order to get brighter light in and a fresh wind to come through your life, you need to open up and allow God's light to penetrate your home. Home is where the heart is, yet your heart isn't as clean and clear as it could possibly be. It's not as healed as it should be. And that's because there are some broken areas in your heart, some wounds that have happened in your life that you don't want opened up, but you gotta open that door and let those skeletons out the closet in order to clean out the closet. Allow yourself in this demolition process to open up and to go through the emotions. You may cry, you may scream, you may shout, you may yell, you may be kicking, but allow it to happen. Because in the end, there will be something more beautiful there if you just get through the process. Point number three, decorate with brighter hues than darkness. It's high time to let go of the darkness in your life. You cannot see clearly if your head or mind is covered in cloudiness. Get rid of the fog. Jesus says it like this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 23 through 24. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, though this seems like he's talking about money, he's using that terminology or vernacular to talk about all the cares and worries that concern and plague the human heart and mind. Mostly, all of a person's worries and cares dwindle down to one thing, and that's money. Yet Jesus, like myself today, is asking you to trust in God as your sole provider. He will supply you with everything you need. That includes love, joy, peace, patience that surpasses all understanding, friendships, finances, the right relationships and business connections, you name it, God can supply it. But you have to trust in him and believe that he can do what he says he can do. That's why Jesus tells us not to worry about anything. Go read Matthew 6 when you get a chance. It's so such an eye-opening text. To Jesus' teachings. If we just seek first God's kingdom and live righteously, He will add everything else that we need, want, or desire. God doesn't want to hold us back from good. God doesn't want to hold us back from relationships or friendships or career opportunities. But if he's pulling you back, if he's pruning you or cutting you in an area, if he's destroying or demolishing that's some things in your home or heart or in your life that's full of clutter and guck and filth and dirt and mold and rot and you name it, it's to produce in you something better, more good. It's to produce in you more fruit and to get you something new and improve that he has in store for you. One of God's promises states in Malachi 3.10 that he will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to receive it or to take it in. God wants to do good for you. He says in Psalms that the blessings of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow. He doesn't want you to be sorrowful. He doesn't want you to have a weary broken heart forever. It's a season, it's a stage, it's a process in the demolition or pruning phase. But it's to produce something better, a more fuller, happier, joyful, purposeful life. You've got to allow God to do the demolishing work. Please do me that favor today and welcome destruction. If we have no room in our hearts to receive anything new, how can God get more to us? There's just no room. You have to make room from the old in order to get to the new. Here's another example I want you to think about. Let's say for instance, you have an old car. Some of you may do. You love that car. It's comfortable. You tell the driver's seat to fit perfectly to your tushy and to your liking. You got tint on your windows, you got rims on it, you got the sound system you like. I mean it is just you baby. However the car has multiple problems under the hood. You need a new transmission, your tire pressure light is on so you might need new tires. Your AC compressor makes a lot of noise every time you turn the air conditioner on. And it doesn't just seem to cool your car the way it used to. You even got some engine problems. I mean, it really is time to get a new car. But yet and still, you want to hold on to that thing. You want to keep praying over that little car. Please, little engine that could. Just get me to and from my destination. Thank you. Amen. All alone, what you don't know because it's not in front of your house yet, is that someone has and wants to bless you or surprise you with a newer, better, more improved, make and model. They want to give you a new car. Like Oprah, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. They want to give you a new car, girl or man. Unfortunately, they can't get this car to you because your garage or driveway is a one car limit. And your old car is stuck in that driveway. Or if you're in an apartment building, your um a garage only allows one parking spot per tenant, and your old car is stuck in that spot. So now you have a decision to make: do you keep the old car and forego the newer, better, more improved version? Or do you let go of this old car and trade it in for that new one? Now As you're listening, the choice seems quite obvious to some of you, right? Wrong, because to everybody, it's not that obvious. It's not that simple of a decision. There's some of you listening today that will hear the same scenario, and you may be in that same predicament. And you may opt out for the older car because you're so worried about all the things that could go wrong or all the challenges that may arise with the new car. You may be so concerned with the cost of everything. What's the cost of the maintenance and upkeep? How much is it going to cost for gas? How much is my premium going to go up with this new car? And on and on and onward with endless possibilities of the what is and the how is it going to work out questions. You won't even allow yourself to just embrace the fact that somebody wants to give you a free newer car. All they're asking you to do is give up the old. Give up the old one and take this newer one. But that is so hard for some people. The same goes with your life. God is asking you to do the same thing in your life. Will you allow him to do a destruction, a pruning process in your life? Yes, it's going to be some time, some effort, some work that's involved. But it's only for a season. He wants to give you and get you to that newness that you want. But there's some work that has to be involved right now. And it's requiring you to let go of the old. Sadly, many people just won't do it. And that's so sad. They just cannot trust that God has greater in store for them than what they can see. This reminds me of the Israelite children who went through the same thing in ancient times. They didn't always have kings to rule them god ruled them because god is the one that delivered them from slavery and from egypt yet a time came where they begged and pleaded for a king to rule them someone that they can see they were willing to settle for something less than god because they couldn't see how god was moving and shaping their lives they couldn't see and control the next steps that god was going to make and so they figured well we have something that we can see we can control this to our advantage. But what they didn't know is that what they were settling for was going to bring them more problems and trouble and hardship in the long run. They didn't care. They wanted what they think, thought that they could control, what they could see. And so God allowed it. And unfortunately, all the bad came with it. Because they were not willing to let go of old mindsets, old stinking thinking, in order to embrace the new. The question is the same with you. How bad do you want it? You say you want a new car, but how bad are you willing to let go of the old? You say you want a new house, but how badly are you willing to clean out your old house? You say you want a new good man that will marry you, but you hold on to that old make and model that won't marry you and keeps dragging you along. Filling you up with empty promises and making up excuses as to why he can't just pull the trigger and marry you today. Same thing goes with you men. You rather settle for this woman that is comfortable, this woman that cooks and cleans and does everything for you, but but provides what your heart needs. You rather settle for her because she's comfortable than to step out on faith and trust God will send you somebody new that will completely fulfill and satisfy the things that you long for. Which actually are things that God can give you before a man or woman can ever give you. But you won't even allow yourself to let go and trust God. So how badly do you really want this newness to come into your life? There are some of you today that want to let go of old mindsets, stress, and hurts and pains that you've harbored for so long. But you won't even let go of it in order to get to the newer healthier version of yourself because you never seen that person so it scares you to change you have to let go and embrace the destruction demolition process but I promise you if you do the work and allow the work to be done in your life it will produce fruit than you have ever seen before just trust in God Don't allow yourself to stand in the way of all that God has in store for you. Get rid of the old baby. Welcome in God's Holy Spirit and his demolishing power and allow God to do a new thing in you. I'm asking you today, do me that favor. Welcome destruction, please. So how do you go about doing that? Let me give you three practical steps your healing and breakthrough. Number one, acknowledge that you have a problem and are in need of remodeling or demolition. You cannot move forward if you will not address and admit that you have a problem. I don't mean the problem in a sense of what culture and society says of, oh, you have a drinking problem or an addiction problem or drugs or something like that you may have that problem and if that is you then admit it to God and say hey God I have this problem but some of you that may not be your problem your problem may be handling your finances well and so you're constantly in debt and don't know how to get out of debt but if you ask God to come in and to allow the pruning the demolition process to happen he can take you to a more favorable blessed prosperous life you've always wished wanted and dreamed but it's going to take some work it's going to take some effort on your part to first admit you have a problem and that problem could be shopping that problem could be spending in some other area and mismanaging your funds your problem could be um social media you don't know how to pull back from social media and so you spend your days and nights scrolling 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 commenting and trolling other people's pages when you could be getting into your life, experiencing life, finding your purpose and fulfilling it, but you can't even allow anything new to come in because it's so filled up with social media. Your problem could be in a boyfriend or girlfriend that you're in a relationship with that you know is no longer serving your purpose. This, perp- this person is not the person who you're going to marry. You know it in your heart. They may have told you that they're not going to marry you. They may have given you so many excuses as to if this condition is right, then they marry you. But it's just to string you along. And so yet you're holding on to the hope that's never going to come of maybe this is going to work out. But you know in your heart that this needs to end. This could be an abusive relationship or a friendship that's no longer serving purpose. Because they're going road A and you're trying to go road B. And you're trying to drag them along to road B, but they're so gun ho on going road A. That means you guys have come to a crossroads and you no longer serve the purpose of walking together. It's time to destroy and demolish the situation and move forward to see what's on the horizon up ahead. You cannot bring the old stuff into your new season. You have to let it go. And it starts by number one acknowledging. What needs to change? This could be you have an anger problem and you want to have a happier, more fulfilled life, but you don't know how to stop being angry and bitter and nasty to people. You got to give that up to God and say, God, please take this thing and help me to let it go so that I can embrace a better, more fulfilled life that you have in store for me. God does not want you to stay in that thing, but he wants you to offer it up to him so that he can change it. And take it away from you. So you have to acknowledge where you are. Number two is allow God to do the work. Start by welcoming the destruction process. By praying this prayer that I prayed myself. When I was going through my season and even before. And that King David even prayed himself because he wrote this. And it's Psalms 139.23 which reads. Search me O God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You have got to welcome in the test. Welcome in the destruction. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard work. But I promise you it's going to produce fruit. And that leads me up to my third point. You'll have to partner with God's Holy Spirit and do your part in the work. While the Holy Spirit is going to do a new work in your heart, It's up to you to allow it and then to do the external and internal work that comes along with it. There will be changes you will have to face, make, sacrifice, and address in order to get to this newer, better, more improved version of you. Please don't shy away from it. Be like Nike and just do it, baby. You'll thank yourself in the long run. For the sacrifices and decisions decisions, excuse me, you've made today. Choosing to welcome in the destruction process. I promise you it will work out. Just as each person who's ever had their kitchen or home remodeled. Or even had a home built. It was tough. It was hard. It was taxing. It was dirty. It was muddy. It was a headache. And a heartache. But in the end. Once the building was fully erected, once the room was fully done being remodeled, and the contractors and designers were finished their work, it was beautiful. They were happy to see the newness that came through the process of letting go of the old and allowing time and work to take its course. It happened in my own life. When I went through my Joe Wilderness season, and I only shared with you a little bit that I went through, I'll share with you more as time progresses on. But, and as you listen to more of my podcast, but as I went through that process, it was hard. It was ugly. I was kicking and screaming. I was so pissed off and and just, I went through the emotions. I cried because I hated the process. It seemed like it was never going to end. It seemed like there was never going to be anything beautiful to come from this ashes and rubble and rock and dirt and just, ugh. God, what's what's going to come from this? But when I stopped fighting it and partnered with God to get through the process, oh, man, it's produced such beautiful fruit in my life. I have peace I have never had before in my life. And I mean even peace through the storm, baby. Because there's still storms that come. There's still problems that arise. But even in those problems, I don't spaz out or stress out or get anxious or nervous or worried like I once did before. I get to stay in perfect peace and serenity and calmness. Why? Because God already took me through the destruction and demolition process. And I've already seen the beauty of the room, the home of my heart, fully remodeled. So I know that the storms that come now, I know that means that there's just more beauty on the other side of that. Why? Because I allowed the process before. I did the hard work. I put in the effort and partnered with God's Holy Spirit. And I saw beauty for ashes. You will thank yourself in the long run, just as I have, just as that little girl inside of me has, for the sacrifices and decisions I've made to welcome destruction. And so one final thing, brothers and sisters. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. The God that will supply all of your needs will do so and honor his word if you seek first his kingdom and live righteously and allow the pruning process, the destruction process to happen. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for stopping and sharing this moment with me. As always, this venture of Can I Get a Favor podcast is new. And while new opportunities will come and help us continue to grow, your charitable financial donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give. You can click the link in the description. Or you can download Cash App and find me at Andrea G's. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-G-E-E-S. Again, that's at Cash App, at Andrea G's, A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A-G-E-E-S, as in Sam. Thank you for your contributions. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, May Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Please, do me this favor today and welcome in the destruction process. Have a great day.